Welcome to Bunker to Bunker. My name's Avi, and on the other line we have Alex. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you? Uh, doing all right. <clears throat> it's uh, been an interesting week. Um, so I think we both have interesting things. I mean, you were, you're more like the jet setting kind of interesting. Mine's a little different than yours, but uh, yeah, you're like Paris. you had like a you had like a fifty cent interesting week. I have like a. <laughs> I got two shots left in case niggas try to get me. That's nine shots. We'll just call it fit. <laughs> I like a. Uh, I just travel a lot. Interestingly, yeah. Well, why don't we start uh, with you? How how is how is all this travel that you're doing? I'm pretty tired from the travel, but uh, Paris Paris was nice. There was a terrorist attack at the Louvre uh, while I was there, which is never a good thing. That was sort of a bummer, but um, thankfully, like no one other than the terrorist was hurt, so no, nothing could have been worse. Uh, but yeah, so I was. It was good. I. I uh, met a lot of cool people, ate a lot of really good food, and now I'm really tired because I've been traveling back to Gina. It's pronounced Gina. And uh, that's where I am now. Nice. Um, cool, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, on my end, uh, I had kind of like a, a normal Wednesday morning, you know, going to work, and I was going to have a meeting with somebody, and we decided to have the meeting. Um, right outside this coffee shop uh, that's in like the building that I work in, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, some like uh, a, an, an argument happened between two people, and one of them happened to have a gun on them, uh, and so there was like a you know like a an, it, it, nothing happened, but you know a gunshot was fired, it missed everybody, and you know security came, police came, every, everything got taken care of, but uh, I happened to be like maybe 15, 20 feet away from all of this when it was happening. And so uh, Wednesday was an, uh, an interesting day in my life. I don't think you're playing this up enough. And uh, this, I think this should be something that uh, adds street cred to the podcast, but you're not <laughs> acting. You're not, you're okay. not portraying so let me, it correctly. Let me tell you the real story. So let me tell you the now real you're just then. sounding like some sort of scared bystander when you could have sounded like a badass Okay, so the real story is that, uh, you know, uh, somebody came up in my hood and was, like, you know, talking smack. Yeah, and so you asked I, him where he's from, right? You're like, where are you from? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he didn't, he didn't give me the right answer, so I, so I fucked him up real bad, uh, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I took his money and, and, and his respect and, and, and walked away. Yeah, he tried to pull a Glock <laughs> on you. He pointed it sideways. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That was not a very convincing uh, second try, but anyways, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you didn't get uh, shot at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't think I'd ever have to say that to you, but glad you weren't shot at work. And uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully not a not something you have to go through again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so how do, I don't know how we transition from here to uh, to Tiger Woods. Uh, Speaking of getting I, shot at work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So... <laughs> So tell me, uh, I, I was I was trying to like connect it to like a car accident or something because that's basically what Tiger Woods has become is he's a, he's a car accident. He's it's a it's oh, a, yeah. and if I if I if I was, if I could give it a little more detail, I'd say it was like a Cadillac Escalade that had driven into a fire <laughs> hydrant with a three iron sticking out the back window and Vicodin pills scattered all over the ground. That would oh, be what the car. That's what I would call this. 
Man, your mind's eye is incredible just to come up with that from, from nowhere. Like, like I know. the way that you did. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's perfect, too. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. What a bummer. I Because I just, again, I didn't watch. So that'll be a theme probably for, for the upcoming <laughs> podcast. But I didn't watch him play, but then I read about it and... Um, I'm just really bummed out that it's like a, a parent. It appears to be a health issue, um, and not a rust issue. Uh, that's such a bummer to me. I don't know. That's I, I, I could I can live with the rust and kind of tell myself, well, he's got to play himself back into form or whatever. But if it looks like a, a sort of a relapse from a health perspective, uh, that's that's terrible news. Like if he has if it's significant, we don't know if he'll ever come back. You know. Uh, this puts the whole comeback kind of up into question, and so it's a huge bummer. Yeah, uh, I, I, we talked last week about not wanting to judge this on a week by week basis and to give it the full five weeks and you know sort of assess then. And so there is a part of me that says, okay, don't don't worry. Like you know, it, it's possible that you know anytime a, a golfer of any kind is trying to come back, uh, you know that they're going to have trouble and they're going to miss cuts and. You know, so just give it some time. But when I think about the fact that, you know, what is this? That so the farmers now that he he got cut at the farmers, it was his 16th miscut in his career, but 11th miscut or withdraw in his last 19 events. I mean, it's it's becoming it's just the more you look at recent history, the more you go. This seems a lot more like what we've seen from Tiger over the last two, three years. Uh, yeah. and, and, and so what's the, what's the, I, there's very little for me to hold on to and say, this is why I think he is going to come back and be good. And so that's it. Uh, you know, I want to give it the full five weeks, but it's hard every time this happens. Well, I think the underlying premise in believing in a tiger comeback, sorry, I have a cold, so I'm going to sound like shit, but the underlying premise in like believing in a, a tiger comeback is that he, uh, will be healthy, uh, at least in his, you know he won't be to his previous physical strength, but he'll be he'll have a healthy back. So you can't yeah. it throws out any like uh, you know any theory of patience or hope or whatever when all of a sudden he's not healthy again. Because the whole idea with this was that he gave him enough time, gave himself enough time to recover to be healthy again, and then. Uh, uh, and then it was now it's not so much about health. It's about like getting his game back. But that whole narrative is like thrown out the window now because he withdrew because of his back again. It's like, I don't right. know. The other thing is, uh, how do you well, not figure I, this I, out I, until on. now? It, this is the thing that pisses me off. Like, I, I, will, I will know? say one thing. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say on the back thing, though. Like, are you sure? Like, he had he had Steinberg, you know, sight uh, back spasms first off i was surprised that steinberg was in dubai it's like you know like why was why is he hanging out in dubai uh dude dude loves shopping malls yeah apparently like so so i shopping malls and 35 dollar cocktails that's why he's in dubai (laughs) yeah so and and it's not like uh tiger flew private over there where like steinberg could just like hop on uh you know like apparently the big deal was that tiger flew a commercial for the first time in like 10 years. Uh, no way. But really? Yeah. What airline yeah, yeah. did they say? No, they Emirates? said it was a flight. Uh, it was a flight from LA to Dubai. Um, he, he, so this was the, apparently what happened was he goes to, um, he, he decides to fly private. Um, 
from San Diego to LA and then he's having some trouble at LAX because of like all the protests that were happening. And so it was easier for him to take a commercial flight or some, something like that. So he got on the flight from LA to Dubai that was going and, and there was something related to protest, but anyway, it was, he, he apparently said that it was the first time he had flown commercial in 10 years. Not sure why he would even admit that. Like, why would you, uh, why would you tell people that like, Oh yeah, that was the first time I was hanging out with the plebes and in, in, in commercial. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. so, so, Stein, so Steinberg decides to join him and he's over there. And so he's the one telling everybody that we're going to cite back spasms. But I don't know if it was really back spasms or the guy just shot, you know, a 77 and was like, fuck, I'm not going to make the cut. Like, you know, why stick around an extra day? You know, I don't know. That that has happened in the past for sure, where he's um, just withdrawn. And then, you know, it's like, oh, my, uh, you know, glutes aren't activating or whatever. shit. You know, he's, he's made <laughs> yeah. shit up like he's <laughs> yeah. definitely made shit up before. So. Right, you can't rule that Rory's out. But I, I, yeah, I, I would assume that it was an actual. From what I read, it looked like he had it. People were saying he looked like he had a stiff back while he was playing, and uh, I don't know. I guess I would give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe in this exact situation, especially since it's in the middle of a comeback where his expectations are low. He's already missed a cut, like he's already played. You know what I mean? Like he, uh, the nobody, like the mystique is already gone. You know, like. He's already, everybody already knows that he's not good right now. So, like, right. it's not like when he was at the peak of his powers and then, you know, it was like showing this, like, you know, chink in his armor and it was this big, uh, you know, like trying to protect him, his kind of aura and, and, like, image or whatever. Now he's, like, so far down. Everybody knows he can't play. So, or he's not, like, a, you know, a really good tour player. So, like, what's the, I don't know. Like, what I, I, I think there's less incentive for him to do that, and there's more likelihood that he was actually injured this time around. Yeah, uh, it's true. I mean, I, I kind of feel like a lot of the um, people that were shitting on Tiger were, you know, it was like Brando Chambly that was like, he looks like the oldest 41-year-old in the history of the game, and he needs to change his swing. You know, of course, Professor Chambly would tell him he has to change his swing, but, like, um, there's a part of me that's like uh, – uh, I, I just don't believe that this was a health issue. I think that this was – well, it, it's probably – I don't think that the impetus for what why he pulled out was a health issue, even though it could be a health issue more broadly. Um, he, he could just – he just could not be like – you know, he just couldn't be feeling well. But like I, I don't I – don't, I don't know. I don't believe the backstabbing story. Uh, but it is a little bit worrisome that like – You don't believe a guy it. that's had like a broken back for the last – <laughs> like like two years is yeah. uh is and is uh, attempting a comeback has a back injury you think it's something else like i don't i think it's real i think it's much more likely well, so, that it's a back injury. So, so steinberg steinberg made sure to say that this wasn't uh that these back spasms weren't related to his previous injuries so what a ridiculous it, statement by the way <laughs> <laughs> no these are totally like tiger would have had these no matter what happened in the yeah. past. Like that's <laughs> it has exactly nothing to do with this previous exactly. health. It's like exactly. Okay. <laughs> well, so that's why I'm reading into it and going, okay, these were your glute activation, Rory toothache problems. You know, like yeah, this was Dude, this was I just forgot about the toothache. <laughs> Rory McIlroy, who has withdrawn in the second round of this event. McElroy was seven over par playing his opening nine, the back nine here on the Champions course. Came to the 18th hole, hit his second shot into a greenside bunker, then shook hands with his playing partners. 
that being Mark Wilson and Ernie Els, and walked off the golf course. A couple of reporters got a quote from him saying, I'm not in a great place mentally. I can't really say much, guys. I'm just in a bad place mentally. We are hearing that he is having problems with wisdom teeth. We will have all the latest developments coming up at 2.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Golf Central. This was just fucking made up to get out of Dubai. He just didn't want to be there anymore. He got his appearance fee, his uh, supposed $3 million, or apparently that's what he used to get back in his heyday. Uh, you know, Now that he flies commercial, I don't know if he'd even get a million anymore. Um, but uh, I don't know. It just, it's, it's disappointing and it's upsetting because it gives room for people like Chambly to just talk shit. And I don't know. Well, here's my, here's my issue with it is you have every opportunity to uh, test your limits. And I mean that in every way, physical, travel, whatever. It, you can't be doing this anymore. Like you just can't. It's, it's like uh, just poor form at this point to be doing what he's doing where he's enrolling and then withdrawing from tournaments. Like he needs to, like he should be able to test himself physically enough to know that he can play two tournaments, two weeks in a row. Like that's not impossible to simulate and he he should be able to know if he can travel or not. Like I, I'm just annoyed with the lack of like just the way that he's kind of winging the whole thing. It's like, dude, you can't, that's, you can't do that. Like, like nobody else. That's not how <laughs> yeah. life works. You can't just do act that way. And and there's no reason for this to all be all of a sudden like a massive surprise. Like, I feel like he'd had so much time off. Um, I don't know. It just makes a, the comeback feel half-hearted and and sort of haphazard. Like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing right now? Like, that's what I. That's my thought. Right. I was like, I, I have no idea what he's doing at this point. Like, it's yeah, just, it's just frustrating. Like, I, I and it really. Uh, this definitely changes my opinion on him like coming back a lot. We were pretty optimistic over, I'd say, the last couple months, and I am like, and not necessarily just for the physical reasons anymore now, but like that's definitely part of it. But just in general, the way that this is going, uh, or the way that this went this week, made me think like, how the hell is this guy ever going to get it together? He just doesn't have a shit together. It's broader than his back, you know. It's like so that's the part that pisses me off about this whole thing. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I, I agree that there's been a, a, a bit of laissez-faire-ness with him. And um, I don't know. I don't want to judge it too much because, I mean, he could he could come back and, and win next week. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just – it's it's a, it's a little – whatever's happening with Tiger is disconcerting because I guess I just wanted some flash of the old Tiger and I'm not getting it so far. Yeah, me too. But I don't know. Now – um, now I'm on. I'm on the get your shit together, Tiger camp. <laughs> like, yeah. I was. I was. I was trying to preach patience and, uh, t- you know, his talent and experience should give him the chance to win again. But when you're doing shit like this, I, I don't know. It's hard to have patience for him. Like he should be uh, smart enough to uh, avoid these types of situations. By the way, I was yeah. looking up like what fl- what flight he what, what airline he flew. No, yeah. uh, no detail on the airline, which is like a massive miss on the airline's part. Like that's this is a huge PR opportunity. Like, <laughs> yeah, Tiger Woods flies Emirates or whatever. That, that would be great. Right. But uh, well, how yeah, many how many flights how many flights are there from Dubai to Los Angeles? You know, like can't be that many airlines that are flying, or, or I guess it would be LA to Dubai. There's probably quite a few. It's like you know, I don't want to nerd out too hard, but there's probably like five. Really? Wow, that's surprising. I had no idea that there'd be 
why would you need five airlines? Is it that many people that, that want to fly literally halfway around the world? Well, there's two UAE-based airlines, and then there's, like, out of LAX, there's, you know, uh, airlines, U.S.-based airlines that are going to fly out. Uh, yeah, I'd say, like, four or five. Wow. And, uh, and it's also, like, a pretty big hub, you know. A lot of people that just stay there. They go elsewhere. It's like a, uh, yeah, that's true. I guess you got LAX and, and Dubai are both pretty big hubs, so if you're going to go across I would the guess, country, yeah, I don't know. You know, Emirates or something probably, but uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I you know, we'll we'll save yeah. this for the yeah we'll save this for the Anthony Kim podcast and we we'll, we'll talk yeah we'll we talk about airlines. Dude, I got <laughs> yeah. so much so much to dish on that pod, but I'll save it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know we're coming. Uh, we're recording this podcast on uh, the fifth of February. Now our our last podcast actually just came out, but it was recorded like almost about a week week ago or something. So um, a couple things. Is that a subtle uh, passive aggressive jab at my uh, my well, uh, just, delayed I, I editing orient, and posting? I just want to orient our fans. You know, if it if it <laughs> if it you know kills two birds with one stone, then you know always always a good thing. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so, so to orient the people who are listening, um, so obviously we're talking. We talked about Tiger. So we, you know, we're dealing with the Omega Dubai Desert Classic, um, but we didn't talk at all last week about the Farmers Insurance. We kind of just previewed it. So um, I, I think we should just spend a little bit of time talking about Farmers Insurance and, and John Rom, and then we'll, we'll get into the Waste Management Phoenix Open, um, and uh, and then we <clears throat> have a quick hit and, and call it a call it a day um right, but right. while while we're on the topic of the dubai desert classic uh, um you know i guess i'll mention that sergio garcia won um just just finished up uh, maybe i don't know like half an hour ago or so and so he's the winner stenson finished second um tyrell hatton finished third and fitzy finished fifth uh so any i mean i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know if there's any thoughts other than tiger but um you know i guess good good for sergio to win again for the first time in a while yeah, Sergio's kind of turning into the the fill of Europe in terms of longevity. Uh, you know, he's yeah, he's kind of always around. Always, you know, wins a big tournament here or there, or or top fives a big tournament here or there. Yeah, um, he's yeah, he's kind of a man career. Uh, so yeah, I don't have any thoughts on the tournament itself. I guess I didn't really watch it, um, so I don't have too much to add to it. Did, and yeah, yeah and then, I mean, the Rory's out. That would have been the story. Is Rory? basically he's out so yeah. yeah well so we could touch on rory a little bit because i want to talk about the farmer's insurance um because i think the john rom reminded me just a tiny bit of rory in um in a couple ways um and so so last week the farmer's insurance open happened and that was tory pines that's where tiger uh missed the cut as well um and so you know i think there was a lot of stuff that came out after john rom one of like oh man look at all these making the leap you know sort of guys like you know you had a decky and then you had justin thomas and now you've got john rom and i was like maybe hold the horses a little bit on john rom he hasn't won like three fucking times you know he, this is his first win yeah, i'm going a breakout. different way with my breakout player i'm going john rom he's currently okay. outside the top 130 in the world a terrific player all he did after graduating from arizona state was get his tour card in about two months. This kid is an absolute stud. Mashed the ball off the tee. He's got some great soft hands around the green. It's it's tour, the but. it's the it's the laziest narrative in golf. Like yeah. the young young up and comer sort of uh, the, you know, the new stars of the game. That shit. Yeah, like, they do that all the <laughs> yeah. fucking time, and it's just lazy. Yeah. It's all just right. trying to fill the hole that Tiger left that will never be filled. But it happens right. like, every single year. Right. Well, I think the problem that I have with it is because it's lazy 
and because most people can see through it, I think it takes away from the actual impressiveness of what John Rom did. You know, like John Rom uh, shot a 30 on the back nine of the South Course at Torrey Pines with two Eagles. Um, you know, it was. It was it, it, the reason that I think it's so impressive is it was kind of like Rory when he went at Quail Hollow, right? So, you know, I was there when he shot that 61 at Quail Hollow. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, both of these guys are talented Euros, hadn't won, but had strong finishes to that point. Um, you know, they're playing in one of the, you know, quote unquote, regular season, you know, better regular season events. They both had to come from behind to win. Rom had two Eagles. Rory had an Eagle at 15 and finished birdie, birdie, birdie through the green mile. Um, you know, Rom's 22, Rory was 20 turning 21, two days later. Uh, and both when you, when you interviewed them afterwards were like super engaging and endearing interviews. And so, I don't know. I, 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 I looked at John Rahm and was like, okay, I can see you being like a European star. Like, you know, I, I could look at the, you know, I mean, I know it's, you know, far-fetched and a little early to talk Ryder Cup 2018, but like, I could see you being like an important player on the Ryder Cup for the European side. No? Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> uh, I do this at work, like every call I'm on, by the way, but yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I, no, I, I think it's interesting. I think he comes from a, uh, He's one of the like most highly touted guys to come on tour in a while, right? Like he, yeah. he comes, he 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 um, br- brings more expectation than there's maybe in the last five years he's got to be in the top five guys, right? That have like brought a level of like career expectations with him as the day sure, he got yeah. on tour, and he's and he's kind of yeah. lived up to it, um, uh, I think. And I mean, I, I don't like. It's early, so you don't have a sense for him. And I haven't watched him enough to really have a sense for his game or his like personality or anything. But um, it, he seems to be another one of these guys that's like basically like uh, you know ball striker extraordinaire. And then when the putter gets going, he's like unstoppable. But like he's yeah. really good off the tee. Um, and and like uh, if he can, yeah, if he can uh, like if he can get the putting going, he's he's really hard to beat or one of the best in the game or whatever. So I don't know. He's, he's, a, he's another one of these guys that like seems to hit the ball really well, uh, like strike the ball, like perfectly basically. And then, um, you know, if he's got it going on the greens, he's good. And, and he's sort of kind of, it, there's, there's, there's like more and more. It's like, it's like the new mold of, of golfer that comes out, you know, now like the, yeah. new, like all of the kind of up and comers with the exception of Spieth, I guess, uh, have that Patrick sort of, Reed. yeah. Yeah. But Reed's like, what is he like 25 26 27 i don't know reads sure. reads almost, almost like older he's yeah like in the last like we'll say like four or sure, five the guys years, under people let's say come on tour. yeah 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 sure, yeah yeah like he's they, they all seem to be in that mold and he's one of them and he yeah he has huge expectations but he seems to be like legit far more legit i should i would i would say than uh, bryson dechambeau by the way who also right. came, i would say came with similar pedigree and expectations and uh and John Rahm's putting him, you know, like just you know making him look like shit, basically, which yeah. is awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm totally team Rom in this in rivalry <laughs> that I invented right now. Right. Well, I think the other thing was a couple of interesting things where um, Rom uh, he actually learned English by listening to rap music, so <laughs> it, it was a, a bit like Christos Porzingis esque um, that he he learned that way. He learned. <laughs> He learned listening to rap music. Yeah, 
I, I okay. Now I need to listen to, like one of his post round interviews because <laughs> that's like a really that's that is a. I would not advise that as a, an approach to learning English. <laughs> like, that's a terrible way right. to learn English. Like they say right. a bunch of words really fast and a bunch of slang that uh, is is not uh, broadly known outside of that community or whatever. I don't right. know. What do you mean you learn English from rap? I I don't. Be- I kind of don't believe that. How, what do okay. you mean, like? <laughs> I don't. I, wait, he just that's uh, he he you know he grew up obviously in Spain, spoke Spanish, and like you know he knew very little English. And I and guess was like, like, uh, like Tupac and Biggie taught me how to. He like I don't know, he, he, yeah he like you know in high school he started listening to rap music and then went to college at Arizona State and then you know talked about how it was like you know rap music helped like bridge cultures <laughs> I guess you know <laughs> rap music is I love rap but it is not it's it's some of the, the stupidest content like it's it's either well, uh, it's, I think it's the braggadocio buying cars yeah. or like uh, fucking chicks is like. 80% or maybe I'll, I'll expand it to buying like cars and clothes and like fucking chicks is like, I'd say like if you, if you, you know, 90% of all popular rap songs are focused on those three topics. Money, pussy, alcohol. You niggas pussy after all. Money, pussy, alcohol. You niggas pussy at it all. Do you that's think for, that, that's where you learn English? Think- what do you think, uh, you know, these rich golfers, you know, that love the braggadocio of rap are doing in, you know, in their So that's time. how he learned about, like, you know, well, I guess he's from Europe, so he, he's a little different. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. That's, that's a clever narrative. That, that's a convenient narrative. Oh, hey, guys, I learned English. I learned English from rap music. Like, whatever. I don't know. Well, I don't think he just if make I were a that publicist, up, like, I would I would tell. Uh, I don't know. You, you can. He, he listens to rap music. I, I don't disagree with that. Do you learn English from rap music? <laughs> I don't know. You see, you seem annoyed that I'm like uh, I'm, I'm uh, pushing back on this, but well, I guess okay. So I, I decided to to look it up. It was both Golf Digest and uh, USA Today, uh, or the people were reporting. So you know, maybe not the most reputable of sources. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh. I don't know what to tell you. He he said that you know it helped bridge the gap when he was coming over to the states to you know play college golf was, you know, listening to rap music with his teammates. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's different than learning English through it. So, anyways, I okay. So I guess that's that's, that's what. Okay. Like, so it literally like, says what the point John, of this was. John Rom says he learned English by memorizing rap lyrics. That's what he said. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> So he's like, <laughs> uh, so he he were he learned like one of the most offensive words in the English language, and like, you know, what right do you, what do you do when you go learn a new language? You obviously ask about like, tell me your swear words. Like, I know you, first, when like, you learn a new language, you learn things like, you know, je m'appelle Alex. Uh, like, you learn you learn basic useful phrases, not like, uh, not phrases. <laughs> <laughs> that phrase is like uh, about like uh, you know it goes down in the uh, DM like sucking your dick and uh, like you know uh, selling drugs and and spending money and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a useful. That's what I'm saying. It's not a great. It's like a got a great strategy to learn English. Oh, maybe just anyway. like maybe the, maybe people liked him because he would sing along to like 
flow rider when he was a freshman or something. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Maybe that's I, what I, he I, means to say. We've clearly gone off the deep end with uh, with this. So let's, by let's we bring you it mean back I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll bring it back to uh, golf. Um, all right. So the the tournament that's happening in the U.S. is the I've been up for like twenty four hours straight. I just gotta. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point where I put that on the record. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like out of it entirely. So yeah, so uh, so waste management this week. Disclaimer, obviously. So waste management's known for the 16th hole, um, and I was thinking about it like, okay, so this tournament has over 200,000 people showing up every day. Um, It's obviously it's like the biggest tournament of the year. Um, People literally sprint from the front of the course where they let you in to the 16th to get seats at 7 a.m. Beef was out there, you know, getting asked out on dates, giving away tons of Arby's merchandise. Uh, I I guess my my question is to you, Alex, uh, why haven't we taken whatever's happening on the 16th (laughs) hole of the Phoenix Open and multiplied it everywhere? I thought you were going to say, why haven't we gone to this tournament? Which would have been an equally good question. Uh, Yes, that's another. Some some context here. So the Ryder Cup crowds were lauded at as being massive, you know, yeah. uh, and the biggest ever. And they were yeah. like 60,000 a day. Wow. So, uh, this is just to give you a sense of like how much space they have. Yeah. Um, I, that's, I think that's, it's I'm, hard I'm to replicate because, because you need, you need the community in the city. This is a party. This has turned into a party and people, yeah. and a, it's, it's a party where people fly in from, a lot of the spectators, uh, I'm I'm sort of taking personal anecdotes and and kind of you know applying them to the rest of the population. But I I'm pretty sure that a lot of the spectators are not from Phoenix. They're also people that have traveled in from colder climates and make this a vacation every year. I know yeah. I know personally quite a few people that have done that uh, a few times. And so it's it's this massive. It's got a reputation as a massive party. It's the right time of year and the right place. Um, and it's kind of turned into like a destination in and of itself. So I don't know that it's that replicable, um, but I do love it. I I think it's awesome and like good for Phoenix and good for the way, good for waste management for, you know, for however this kind of, you know, organically came about, it's a cool thing. I I do wish there was more of it, but I, I can, I could see how it would be hard to get, uh, you know, tons of people to Texas in May. Like it is, you know, to get a bunch of people to, you know, uh, or, or in the fall or whatever, to, you know, get a bunch of people to, you know, like Atlanta in uh, in September or whatever, like it is, you know, to do this. So I can see why I, I can see why it's hard to replicate, but it is an awesome model and it's a cool tournament and, and like, I don't know, makes golf more approachable and more fun for the average kind of person, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and obviously the, um, you know, the fan favorite Phil Mickelson was there, so he's playing his third week in a row. Um, he, and he didn't disappoint, so I mean, he's he's currently, I think, six shots back, so we're, we're about to enter the final round. He's six shots back of the leader, Ben Ahn. Um, ben Ahn's the guy that we've talked a little bit about, like, you know, I think he, he was, you know, one We talked about him in, uh, was it the Olympics, or, I don't know what it was. It was something, it was something in a gambling context. I think it was the uh, Zurich. He, maybe it was the Zurich Classic last year. Um, okay. I don't know. He he lost the Zurich Classic in a, but like he was he looked I don't know he looked really impressive. Um, 
I don't know what it was, but we've mentioned his name a couple times, but he's, he's the guy in the lead. Uh, Matsuyama, who won last year, is four shots back. Phil is six shots back. Ricky, who finished second last year and has never finished like outside like the top five or top ten of this tournament, seven shots back. And John Rahm, who we talked about, is seven shots back. Um, a, lot, a lot of big names of the tournament. Um, so, so going back to Phil for a second, uh, I thought this was funny uh, coming off of what we talked about last week. So um, on the on the eighth, which was his 17th hole on Friday, um, Phil was, I think, four shots back and uh, decided to take uh, a driver off the deck from the rough because he thought I that saw this. He, yeah. So he, he thought <laughs> that it would be easier to slice a driver off the deck in the rough and get to the get to the pin uh, than it would be to just, you know, take a wedge or whatever and, and you know, what and, and do whatever. And so, of course, it didn't work out. It led to a bogey. And all I kept thinking was like, Bones, where was the veto? And I was hoping that maybe Twitter Twitter would blow up with like a hashtag veto watch. Like, but you know, it, it wasn't there. There was no, there was no veto watch on uh, on Twitter. Why don't you hop on our uh, hyper influential Twitter account and start defending <laughs> yeah. yourself? I, I'm gonna have to from now on. Every time I see yeah. Phil doing something, I'm just gonna, gonna put hashtag uh, veto watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, hashtag bones veto watch. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like a uh, yeah. That's funny because also like I, whatever. It, it sounds it is ridiculous, but he'll have some. Like we heard in that podcast, some uh, some r- rationale for it, you know. Like he'll, well, so, he'll so have then, some so then seemingly I would love well to thought Phil, out rationale. Yeah. Please, Phil, explain to me why driver off the deck, which barely ever works, is going to work coming out of the rough. You know, like I, I just want to hear it. I want to hear your like amazing logical explanation of this thing. I uh, yeah, I would love to as well. By the way, he should. Uh, this will never happen, but he would be the best color commentator in golf oh my god oh, how good would it be to have phil because uh, he would the thing is he would agree and disagree with the way the shots that players are hitting um and i don't think he, he wouldn't be all yeah some of the frustrating parts of golf are the uh narrative construction and they talk about character a lot and all these types of things rather <laughs> yeah, than right. like the the actual shots uh where i don't think that would is you know necessarily be phil's mo in that capacity he would be more he would be much more about the strategy uh that someone's playing when they're on the course which nobody really talks about that much um anymore which i i think is like an opportunity because i think like everything is getting more niche and specialized and there's fewer people but they're more um they're like a more dedicated you know smaller but more more dedicated fan base yeah and i feel like Golf is kind of that way now, right? Among the the young golf fans, it's like this. It's sort of this niche sport of people that follow it closely, and then there's like the rest of America that watches a couple tournaments here, and and then that the kind of more dedicated fan base would absolutely appreciate a fill type analysis on the actual shot selection, how they're going to shape it, why they're going to shape it that way, um, if they agree or disagree with the decision. It's almost like have you ever watched? Poker. This is the second thing in a row where sure. we're talking about poker. But when you watch yeah. poker on TV and they have a pro, and the pro yeah. is explaining the hand yeah. that he thinks he's putting the other player on and why he's making the play that he's making, and then sometimes he's like, "I can't explain this. Like, I have no idea what his you know thought process is here." It's almost right. like that, but with golf would be awesome. I'd love that. Right. I think that would be yeah. so. That'd be really entertaining to watch. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I think Phil would be great, and I think last year at some point 
I want to say Tiger got in the booth and did it at one of the you know congressional or one of those places. Um, He's very good remember, as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I think Phil could be you know um, Phil would be really good, but but Tiger was Tiger was super interesting too. So I think either one of those guys, but you'll never get that right. You'll it's that's like asking you know for you to get like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady like you know take Troy Aikman's role in you know on on Fox's oh. coverage like well, that'd you know, that's be great. never gonna <laughs> right. Oh man. In, in the uh, NBA, I, you get it. You get it a little bit in the NBA because you get guys like you know Jeff Van Gundy or Steve Kerr to go out and you know be um, be color yeah. commentators. But then the like NBA. Van Gundy now, Van Gundy's not even now. Van Gundy's like become his own worst enemy. You know, he's, he's sort of a, <laughs> yeah. He's sort yeah. of a talking head now. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It would be great. Though. I would love. I would love like a a recently retired, be- fresh set of eyes that can speak about the actual uh, strategy of golf. Well, so one other person I it's, should mention on that. too much narrative. One other person I'll mention on that is that, uh, you know how earlier this year, um, I, Randy Moss uh, took Chris Carter's place on the uh, NFL Sunday countdown? Um, yeah. and, and I told you that, like, okay, Moss is actually, like, a little crazy and, like, uh, hard to follow. I, I, I listened to another Sunday countdown the other day, and he, he's so much better. <laughs> it's, like, it's crazy how much better he got in, like, the in over this first year. So, uh no, I, for I, I I don't know why anyone would care about Randy Moss uh, on our golf podcast, but you know, <laughs> I like Randy Moss. I I, I, I love Randy Moss, man, because his his there he's genuine more so than most uh, sports personalities are, right? Like he he just kind of is who he like. He doesn't he doesn't uh, turn into this sort of like coach speak facade, you know, like. You sort of trust what he's saying, or you know what he means, it or whatever. And he brings like a shitload of energy, sometimes probably to a fault, to like every broadcast. So yeah, I would love, I would love if they, uh, if they got a Randy Moss like uh, uh, contributor to golf podcasting or golf, uh, not podcasting, golf uh, reporting. That would be right. Great. Right. Uh, all right. Well, so a couple other quick hits. So you were talking about the party that is the Phoenix Open. Uh, yeah. Well. Uh, for one of our favorite golfers uh, that we we like to talk about, that party got a little uh, a little too rowdy. I don't know. Did you catch this at all? What, what I'm gonna get? But before you do this, well, I don't know if I should, well, I'll tell the story and then you tell me if we should leave it in. But uh, a, a listener of this podcast and I have a mutual uh, you know friend from uh, our hometown that went to the Phoenix Waste Management Open and got a hand job on the 16th hole. <laughs> <laughs> Like just in the, they were just like just wasted sitting in the stand and yeah, so uh, it's when we say it's a party like it's a real party like it's <laughs> it's 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 wild, it's like spring break out there. That is uh, unbelievable! Oh my god! Uh, so, okay, so you, so you, you, do you think that's just stay in? I don't know if that's that might be a little like uh, lewd. Yeah, if we were, I, I guess if we kept it in, we'd have to like maybe like dumb down the language. You couldn't say hand job. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say hand job on a podcast? I don't. I don't know. It's, no, we put the little explicit by the. the we can say whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Literally well, then, anything you want to say, Avi. You can. Say then you it. might as well just keep keep this and everything else in while you're at it. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, I feel a little disgusting uh, putting that in the podcast, but <laughs> uh, good, good for your friend. Um, I, you know, it, it, that's just crazy. Well, so now, now I didn't name any like, names. Like, you know, I feel like we kept it at least 
slightly. We could have gone. We could have gone lower. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we, so, we, well, this, we, this, all you're doing is like ruining the, the next story because the next story is not nearly <laughs> as funny anymore. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, so I'll the next. Tell that the, well, so uh, Stephen Bowditch, uh, he, you know, he he missed another cut. He got a hand now. job on the 60th hole. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oh man, dude! Uh, if I, if, you know, if I could gift that to any tour player, but it would be the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey man, could you use a break? <laughs> so we have to first of all, I, I we have to come up with like a, a name for the what happened on the 16th. Like, you know, your your boy got a hole in one on the 16th. Like maybe that's he got a uh, he got a. Yeah, I'll have to think about this. There's there's something yeah, there, but I don't know what there's, it is. There needs to be a euphemism for for what happened on the 16th there. Yeah, I'll have to you think know, about that. He got his. He got. He hit it pin high or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. okay. So I, I. This is clearly the podcast has gone off the rails now. We have um, derailed entirely. <laughs> <laughs> so Stephen Bowditch, right? So he he misses the cut again. Uh, he's now only made one cut out of six this season, uh, which was the career builder, which you mentioned, I think, last week. Um, but so uh, his missing cuts isn't his only problem. Um, he was arrested early Friday morning by Scottsdale Police Department and charged with extreme DUI, uh, which is um, mm. blood alcohol content of over 0.15. So above basically twice the legal twice limit. Twice the limit. Yeah. That's scary. That's uh, too bad. A motorist placed a call to police at 1.10 a.m. local time to report an impaired driver that was swerving all over the road in a white pickup. The pickup was later found at an intersection where it sat through two green traffic signals without moving. According to police, officers had to wake Bowditch up where he was then removed. Oh, my God. He Michael Floyded it. This is exactly (laughs) what Michael Floyd did. I think it was in Phoenix, too. Wow. <laughs> okay. So then, so then, uh, so apparently Bowditch, you know, goes to the police station, gets his pictures taken, um, you know, gets written up for the DUI, uh, goes back to his hotel, somehow still wakes up on time for his early morning tea time and shoots a 74, which is what he shot the day before when he hadn't had all of this going on. So, uh, yeah. So props to, you know, I mean, I guess sort of props to Bowditch for like, you know, being a champ and like getting up and shooting a 74, obviously not encouraging the DUI part of it at all. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, this is, I think this is funny... more of a sign of a, uh, a, a downfall issue or maybe an explanation for his, uh, lack of success than, uh, right. Anything so this else. is his Allen B. This is his Allen B moment. In a way it's, it's kind of sad. It really is. It's, it's not, I don't know. That's a pretty low point. You're past. You're you're in. It's like I don't know how to make the equivalent. It's like if I were uh, driving to the office on Wednesday for work, and then uh, I just passed out at a stoplight because I was wasted. <laughs> like, it's, people would be like, "Holy shit, what's wrong with that guy?" You know, like and rightfully so. And that's kind of how I feel about Bodich. Like I hope he's hope he's not like. Uh, it sounds like that. That's just a really bad uh, sign for him. So. Hopefully it was a one one bad night and some bad decisions and not like this dude is totally off the rails. But uh, yeah, that's too bad. It's kind of a bummer story. We can't end on that. We we ended on like a massive. We ended on like a Trump bummer last time, so we can't end on that. Ah uh, man, I I am like 
legitimately searching the internet for something funny to listen to. <laughs> like, that was the last and, uh, story? Your last, that, that was, was your last story? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll have to brainstorm. Oh, I can't think of any. How about let's talk about the Super Bowl for like three minutes. That's better ending than this. Uh, are you going to watch it? Yeah, I mean, of course I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. You, so you're I mean, in Boston. You're not a Patriots fan. Yeah. You're going to go watch the Super Bowl. I would imagine wherever you go, you'll be surrounded by Patriots fans, right? That is true. That is very true. Um, and and at how, work, are gonna, uh, we, how are you going to contain yourself? I, I would want to. I, I would hate everybody around me. I'm just being <laughs> so annoyed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Um, the I, problem with Patriots fans is this, they, they, they treat it as this righteous crusade against Goodell and the NFL, but they are like almost as hateable as the NFL itself, you know? <laughs> you know, but they, 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 they have this, uh, this, sort of mindset that they are uh, righting the wrongs of the world or something, uh, which is just insufferable if you're not a Patriots fan. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, But, you know, I, I've been surprised. Um, the people at work, at least, uh, are pretty... Like, I, I haven't had to interact with, like, like, people who are, like, I don't know, like the worst of the worst Patriots fans. So I've kind of become accustomed to the idea that, like, all right, these, these people are actually, like, you know they're on it for the ride. They all realize how lucky they are to have all these Super Bowls. Like they, I don't know. I, I'm I'm rooting for the Patriots only because mm. I feel like it'll make work better on Monday if uh, if if the Patriots win. You've, so. you've 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 humanized a New England sports fan. Is what you've done. You've seen them in the in, in the flesh and you can kind of humanize <laughs> them. You know, it's like you're you're yeah. You found a way to explain away their crazy behavior. Right. Uh, Okay, the line is New England minus three. Who who would you bet? Um, I think that. So what's the so how, how does the payoff work when um you know it's so like if I if I took it like minus one ten, so like you, you bet one hundred and ten to win one hundred on either side, on so, I, on either side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, uh, I don't know. I mean, it might have actually changed, but generally speaking, that's how it works. Sometimes yeah, yeah. when they don't want to move the line, they'll move the the payout. But generally speaking, it's 110 to win 100, so they collect the 10 percent commission on, Got it. on every bet, more or less. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, so um, to be honest, I would say that the I, I don't know. I just feel like the Patriots are going to win, so I would I would I'd go for the Patriots. But if I'm going to like hedge, if I'm going to be like it doesn't matter because I don't care, I might bet on the Falcons and then. Root for the Patriots, and that either way, I win. Uh, you're one of those. All right. <laughs> yeah. You're just not a I real mean, gambler. That's just that's no. just the, that's just proof that you're not a you're not a true <laughs> true gambler. No, no. I can talk odds and them. I can do the math, but no, I uh, I I'm really bad. I'm uh, I uh, I lost a couple hundred dollars in Vegas playing poker, which is usually where I make my money. So yeah, not uh, not on a good streak gambling wise right now. That's too bad. Uh, all right. Well, that was a little more upbeat than Bowditch, uh potentially going through a downward spiral of alcoholism. So, <laughs> so we've we've at least changed the subject. <laughs> uh, uh, anything else? Yeah. Phil, uh, I was I was looking. So Phil had another crazy shot on Saturday where he 
<clears throat> ended up in some dirt path, like surrounded by trees and still somehow found a way to like just barely not hit the green. So, um, so yeah, so Phil, you know, Vito watches in, in full effect right now. Yeah. I think it would be awesome if we could pick the veto out before it's disclosed, right? <laughs> like <where laughs> that would be yeah. he's, he's like we should his ask, ball is directly be... behind a tree and he's holding like a driver. <laughs> you know, and you're like and then like <laughs> somehow he like he and and he's like aiming right at the pin, you know, like through the tree right. and then like bones whispers <laughs> in his ear and he like comes <laughs> back with like a seven iron and he's aimed straight like back into you know, just aim like you know, right back into the fairway instead of shooting forward. Uh, there should be look yeah. the vetoes. There's we that like should, a, that should be like if we yeah. were trying to go viral, we would make like a veto supercut where we find all the fill vetoes and we put them into like a YouTube video. <laughs> right. And it would be like every every um Every tournament, you ask Bones before the tournament starts. Like, do you still have your? <laughs> you still have the veto? And yeah, like, they yeah. should. That's an amazing question. We should be journalists. That's a great question. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's, just, this is what needs to happen. Is we need to just go all in on the Phil veto watch thing. Yeah, <laughs> Dude. yeah, that would be a great question. Or, or to Phil even. Uh, yeah. Hey Phil, you know, uh, big tournament this week. You know, kind of a homecoming of sorts. <laughs> Uh, does, uh, does Bone still have his veto? <laughs> How much do you think uh, the odds would change for, like, Phil to win? If, you know, we knew that he had it. He goes from, like, plus, you know, like, yeah, he yeah. goes from, like, plus, plus, like, you know, 3,000 to, like, you know, plus, like, 200 <laughs> after we find out the veto is, the veto's still intact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, man. It's, this See, is, the thing this is, is what, the threat of the veto. Is power in and of itself, you know? Right. That's why you don't want to give up the veto, because then Phil's just fucking... He doesn't even, he's not even afraid of the veto. He could do literally anything with no repercussions other than losing the tournament. So, right. yeah, he's... That's why you gotta... If you're Bones, it's savvy to hold on to the veto. I <laughs> gotta, hold, gotta hold it over Phil's head for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right, well, I guess that's where we're at. And the podcast this week is... Um, you know, as on on Phil and the veto. Uh, no, obviously, uh, apologies to Anthony Kim. We're sorry we couldn't get to you this week, but there's we'll, just not uh, enough time uh, this yeah. week. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure next week's a slow week, so we'll um, we'll definitely do it next week. Uh, all right. Well, thanks again for those listening at home. You can reach us on Twitter at Bunker to Bunker, or you can email us uh, golfpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, all right, buddy. Enjoy enjoy Hong Kong, and I guess we'll we'll talk next week. one mic. Body, this hood politics acknowledge it. Leave bodies chopped up in garbages. Seeds watch us grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us roll up and try knocking us. One knee I duck. Could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up. The cops shot again. Bust stop glass bursts. A fiend drops his Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out as I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood. I'm a rap to the death of it. To everybody, come home. Little niggas is grown. Hood rats don't abortion your wound. We need more. Warriors soon, shit from the stars, sun and the moon And it's like a police chase, the street sweepers and coppers Stick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors If you really think you're ready to die, with nines out This is what nines is about, nigga, the time is now All I need is one mic That's all I need All I need is one mic I need is one mic. Yeah. 
All I need is one blunt, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. That's 33 shots from twin glocks and 16 apiece. That's 32, which means one of my guns was holding 17. 27 hit your crew. Six went into you. Everybody gotta die sometime. Hope your funeral never get shot up. Bullets tear through the innocent. Nothing is fair. Niggas roll up. Shooting from wheelchairs. My heart is racing. Tasting revenge in the air. I let this shit slide for too many years. Too many times now. I'm strapped with a couple of Macs. Too many nines. If y'all niggas really with me, get busy. Load up the semis. Do more than just hold it. Explode the clip until you empty. There's nothing in our way. They bust. We bust. They rust. We rust. Let fly and feel it. I feel it in my gut that we take these bitches to war. Lie them down because we stronger now. My nigga, the time is now. I need this one mic. All I need is one mic. There's nothing else in the world. All I need is one mic. That's all a nigga need to do his thing, you know? All I need is one mic. All I need is one life, one try, one breath, I'm one man What I stand for speaks for itself They don't understand and wanna see me on top Too egotistical, talking all that slick shit The same way these bitches do Wonder what my secrets is Niggas will move on you only if they know What your weaknesses, I have none Too late to grab guns, I'm blasting Cause I'm a cool nigga Thought I wouldn't have that ass done Food you niggas, what you call an infinite brawl Eternal souls clashing, war gets deep Some beef is everlasting Complete with thick scars Brothers knifing each other up in prison, y'all Drama, where does it start? You know the block was ill as a youngster Every night it was like a cop would be killed Body found in the dumpster, for real a hustler Purchased my range, niggas throwing dirt on my name Jealous cause fiends got they working to complain Bitches left me cause they thought I was finished Shoulda knew she wasn't true, she came to me When a man caught a sentence, diamonds are blinding I never make the same mistakes Moving with a change of pace, light a load See now the king is straight, swelling my melon Cause none of these niggas real hurting Well, telling police how can a kingpin squeal This is crazy, I'm on the right track I'm finally found, you need some soul searching, the time is now All I need is one mic All I need is one mic That's all I ever needed in this world Fuck cash, all I need is one mic Fuck the cars, the jewelry All I need is one mic Spread my voice to the whole world